What's up, Well That's Good fam? Welcome back to the Well That's Good podcast. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Today, I have the most special guest on the podcast. I love having him on, my husband, Christian Huff, and we're going to be going through the DMs. We do this every now and then where we read DMs, and last time we did this, we got um, a ton of you guys really involved and really interested in the stuff that we were talking about. And this is just a space where, you know, we can go there. We can talk about anything, however we want to. Um, and it's just our best piece of advice to you and the questions that you're asking. Obviously, use wisdom here. If we say something that doesn't align with um, what you agree with, that's okay. Throw it out the window. Go ask a parent about it. Go ask a mentor. Go ask a pastor. But this is, you know, two people who love each other and love the Lord, doing our best we can to give you advice for the things that y'all have questions in. What is the best advice you can give for a newly engaged couple? Hmm. Should I go? Yeah, you go because I can't think of something right now. It's great. I think the best advice, especially in the engagement season, is just to know that you are not preparing just for a wedding, you're preparing for a marriage. And um, that is something that I'm really glad we got the advice of. And that's the way that we lived our engagement season. So I didn't really stress about the details of the wedding as far as like, what are the napkins going to look like? And what are the chairs? And what are the colors? And what is all this? Like, yeah, those are fun things, but it wasn't like a stressful thing for me. I never really went I never had any bridezilla moment because I didn't, that wasn't where my value was in that season. It was, what is our marriage going to be like? And so the things that we really worked through were marriage counseling. Like, you know, how are you raised? How are I raised? What are our expectations? What are this? What are that? And so I put so much of my thought process into preparing for our actual marriage and just our wedding. And the wedding day was awesome. Did everything go perfectly? No, my hair literally turned pink the day before, but it was so awesome and we could laugh about it and it was fun. It was great. Um, but then we were ready for marriage when mm -hmm. we stepped in. And of course, I mean, you can only be as ready as you can be because you don't know what you don't know. But we felt really ready because we felt like our engagement season, we really used it to prepare. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's easy to get really, you know, big and crazy about this one date but the reality is if your wedding is december the 20th um that's one day but you're married for the rest of your life and mm -hmm. so you don't want to just focus on that one day you really want to focus on what's ahead which yeah. is the, the beauty of marriage mm -hmm. yeah and they're all stages you know you're you're dating you're single you're dating then you're engaged and you get married and they're all different seasons of life marriage i don't know if i would say marriage is a season because it's a long season, I guess <laughs> you could say. That's not a season. You know? but, but, but I'm saying they each have their place. You know, yeah. you're single, you're dating, you're engaged, you're married. And when you get married or when you get engaged, you're, you know, you're working on yourself, so to speak, to prepare yourself for marriage. And with preparing, you know, for marriage, there are things that take a backseat, like, like friendships. And that's something that we walk through a lot. So when we got engaged, obviously, you're my first priority. I'm your first priority. So... Some things take a back burner, you know, whether it's friendships or um, work. work or these other things. Some things have to slowly fall down the priority list and the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with is going to go up on the priority list. And some people might understand that, some people might not. But if you don't, if you aren't intentional about pleasing the one that you're going to spend your life with, 
and then you're worried about pleasing everybody else, then it's going to be yeah. difficult. I think a lot of people think about marriage as like, okay, like on December the 20th, let's just pretend that that's all of our wedding day. It's like, oh, on that day, like then I'll become one with this person. But I think there's a process to becoming one. It's yeah. not just about having sex. It's actually about just becoming one, you know, one unit together. And I think during the engagement season, um, you kind of feel that refinement of what it looks like to become one because it's a holy thing. So, so things have to burn off. So, so basically what I mean by that is like, you know, I'm having to make decisions for Christian and I as a couple that, you know, because we're about to be one that I might've used to made a different decision when it was just me. Like for instance, if I had an awesome opportunity, it's not like I can just be like, yes, I'm going to do it just because I want to do it. I already have to consider that we're about to become one. And so the process begins when you get engaged. It's like, we're becoming one. So you have to start making decisions on where you're going to live, what you're going to do, what, you know, y'all's priorities and y'all's relationship are going to be, how you're going to treat each other and all those different things. And so I think just understanding and starting that process is so important to start making those selfless decisions that aren't just for yourself, but it's for the two of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just articulated everything that I was trying to say. I got you, boo. I got you, boo. And the next question is, is it okay to spend time with the opposite gender when you are in a relationship? So basically saying, because it's it, it kind of weirds like that. Weirds like that. It kind of reads like that. Is it okay for me to spend time with another woman if me and you were dating? And Alone. Alone. So where should the line be drawn? We never um, crossed that, that line because we never, we didn't have to set a boundary. Well, we did set a boundary, but the boundary was. The boundary is. The boundary was there is no boundary. On the corner of Ne and Ver. On the corner of Ne and Ver. <laughs> we don't we spend never time yeah. alone with the opposite gender, even still even to there, this yeah. day. You know, we don't ride in the car with the opposite gender. We don't, you know, like if it's just us two, we don't, even if we have to do a phone call, we let each other know. If, and if the opposite gender were to DM me, um, even if it's just a friend, I would probably tell Christian about it casually, just be like, hey, so-and-so just seen me or whatever. Um, obviously, we're not crazy about it. If one of our best friends who, you know, if like Lainey DMs you, Christian's not going to tell me Lainey or one of my friends at the office, not like that. But if it's kind of out of the blue or whatever, we always just inform each other. And yeah. I mean, you know, you look at people and you think they're never going to cheat. They're never going to do that. And then and then they do. And it's not because they set out the intention to want to hurt their spouse or cheat, but it's just things happen. And, you know, one thing can lead to another. And so we set pretty strict boundaries because we don't want the door to ever be open to that. Um, I, I heard somewhere that Billy Graham wouldn't even get on the elevator if there was just a woman on the elevator. Um, and so sometimes you really just have to be like that. You have to set pretty strict um, boundaries. Now, that's also without being crazy and controlling and jealous and envious. I mean, mm-hmm. I was in a relationship previously where we had dated for a long time and we were just controlling. I mean, we were just like, and you can't go to this place. You can't go to that place. And that's just not a way to live. That's just, that was just honestly a lot of insecurity, a lot of lack of trust that we had in each other. With Christian, I fully trust him and he fully trusts me. And it's not that we think we would do anything, but we just don't want to put ourselves in a position to where we would have to make a tough decision or make an un moment that shouldn't have been awkward, awkward, or it could have been perceived one way to another person. And I just think there's so much room for the enemy to feed whenever you're 
alone with um, the opposite gender, especially when you're in a relationship. But even if you're not, you know, you mm-hmm. got to protect your heart and you got to set boundaries in place for that to not happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, if you're not in a relationship, I don't, I don't think, I think it's different, you know, obviously, yeah. but I feel like if you're in a serious relationship, then yeah, it's, I feel like that shouldn't happen. Yeah, just shouldn't happen. It's just not good. Just not wise. And what I mean by like if you're single and stuff, I mean if you're alone with the opposite sex at midnight and then something happens, you know, or you're drinking. Like you got to be wise, you know, don't make stupid decisions. One thing does lead to another sometimes. Um, but just be wise and set the boundaries that you feel are right. And if you ever feel like something's weird, then then get out and then move. Abort. Abort mission. Someone said, do you still have moments of awkwardness even after being married and living together or do you just laugh at things? We actually have no awkward moments. I would say we pretty much don't have any awkward moments because we, I feel like we just know each other so well. Yeah. And we've seen each other's most embarrassing moments happen in all of life. I would say what prepares you well is if you like fart (laughs) <laughs> while you're dating and engagement, then there's going to be no awkward moments when you're married. Because if you get married and you never fart in front of each other, then it's like, that's kind of weird. But if you like, <laughs> if you, you know, if you practice that throughout your relationship, then then you're pretty much set. Whoa, that's good. Okay, hey, well, give people real. advice. If they're like, well, how, how do you do that? Like, how do you break the ice like that? Because that's awkward. And like, I'm just going to be honest. I know this is not really the typical content you get from the Will That's Good podcast, but I know there are thousands of you out there who are in a relationship who have yet to take that next step. And how do you do that? Well, you have to really be <laughs> transparent about it. When me and Sadie were dating... And I would open up Sadie's car door. This might be TMI. <laughs> this is TMI. You should okay. stop the story okay. right I, now. I'll stop the story. But what I'm saying is you can't like, everybody does it. So I'm saying you can't like shame someone else for like letting out some gas. Oh my gosh. So what I would say is invite it, welcome it, and don't shame <laughs> for when somebody has a messed up stomach. It needs to let loose. Hey, this generation, if we are anything, we are not shamers. Like, yeah. we're like no shame for anything. So no shame for that, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's, no. And I have yet to say the word because I just know my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandma are listening to this podcast and they are dying right now that we're talking about this. The P word? Huh? Poot. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a bad word. All right. I cannot. Let's continue. Recover. Let's continue. Oh my gosh, I can't recover. Okay. Whoo! All right. This, but that's real this, advice. That, like that is that, real. That really wasn't a joke. That's that, like seriously. <laughs> like if we had never farted in front of each other, then it would be so awkward. That is really marriage. true, babe. Thanks. Thank you for thank you for breaking the ice on this podcast and saying the hard thing. I'm just trying to let people free. Yes, we don't want people to have yeah. that much pressure no. in their relationship. We don't want fart prisons. <laughs> we want to just let people. Let let the captive free. I'm literally crying. Okay. This is a more serious question. Okay. Okay. What were some things that you did intentionally while you were waiting for each other? So this could go, I guess, a lot of different ways. Um, But let's just say what are things, yeah, intentionally as we were waiting for each other, because I guess there are so many people out there who are waiting, you know, to meet that person. And how can they be intentional with the season that they're in when they're not yet dating or yet married? Because there's so much intentionality that goes behind singleness. And I think you're the perfect person to answer this question. Well, thank you. Let's pivot to this. Um, 
for me, it was really just prayer and um, just building a community of good guys around me. Um, you know, in that season before we started dating, I was really intentional about making time to go be alone with God and, and go pray and, and having good guys around me. We had Bible study groups, we had prayer nights, and we had just just good just guy hangs where we just, you know, get and sit by a fire and just talk about yeah. fun stuff, funny stuff, but also serious godly stuff. And I, I really think that that time in my life prepared me for, True. for you know, what was going to come, but really just surrounding myself with, with good godly men and whether you're a girl surrounding yourself with good godly girls um, so true. and just spending time alone with God. And, and so I think that, you, that was for me. You were like becoming the man that you wanted to be, you know, yeah. like in a relationship, but you weren't thinking like in a relationship, you were just becoming a good man, you know, and focusing yeah. on yourself. And I think that's so important. Like you have to have a moment in your life where you're focusing on who God is in your life and who you are so that when you go into relationships, like you're a whole person. Like I love how um, someone said, yes, it, like whenever two people become one, it's not like 50-50, it's two becoming one. Mm-hmm. And so many of us, like you only have 50% to give, you know, because you were focusing on, other things the whole time and you never really got to know yourself but whenever like you know yourself and that person knows themselves and they're rooted in who god is like two people becoming one make like such a strong one you know yeah and i always thought that advice was so good um so someone also asked when it comes to marriage and stuff or getting married or dating engagement they said how do you set healthy physical boundaries when you know you want to get married but it's not time yet or you're too young one couple says that they know they want to get married and because they are struggling to keep healthy physical boundaries before marriage they're not sure what to do and another couple says they feel too young so they're also not sure what the fix would be um so these are people who are 18 and 19 years old i mean obviously um, there's a lot to this. I mean, we can only give you advice from afar. I would say, first of all, like seek your like local mentors, your mom, your dad, your friends, people around you. Um, but I mean, as far as physical boundaries, I'll say this. I know when you're dating, that seems like it is everything, you know, and you're just like, oh, I just want to get married so that we can have sex or whatever. Marriage is so much bigger than sex. It just is. I mean, that's a beautiful aspect of marriage that God created within that. And trust me, it's beautiful within the boundaries of marriage. It's like Adam and Eve when they were naked and they felt no shame. It's that feeling of like, I feel no shame as opposed to premarital sex. Like there's so much shame. So I would just encourage you like, you know, anytime you open that before it's meant to be open, there tends to be shame, guilt, um, insecurity, self-doubt, all this stuff. But within marriage, we found that to be a beautiful gift. And so it's definitely, definitely worth the wait. And you'll see why it's intended for marriage. It's intended for two becoming one. And um, God's design in that was beautiful. So how do you wait? I think you just desire that, like desire God's plan. And the one thing Christian and I said all the time was we want your plan, God, not our own. We want to see your plan come to life in our relationship. And part of that was waiting to have sex until we were married. So yes, it feels like a huge deal. And you're like, oh, I just want to get married. I just want to get married. But just wait, friends. I mean, do what you got to do. Have the conversations. Talk about it. Have friends in your life, mentors who keep you accountable. Um, and truly wait for that because it really is worth it. And if you've already had sex before, you're not alone. We had be- both had 
past before we met each other that were not totally pure and then meeting each other we decided we wanted to pursue purity together Mm -hmm. and so we did we still messed up at times in our relationship but we were on the path of purity and we were so grateful that we did and so that's kind of like my advice um if you're you know young or you have to wait for some reason it's Mm -hmm. still worth the wait and i would say too that um you know i mean a lot of people get married young and mm-hmm. I don't think that it's a bad thing to get married young if you know that you know that you know that's your person and um, you know you've taken the time to seek that from God your parents you know agree your your pastors are for you you have people around you like my siblings got married at 18 and 19 and they have great marriages my parents got married at 18 19 mm-hmm. they have great marriages i think ultimately what keeps a marriage strong is just like your commitment to the lord and if you yeah. are in union with him but i don't know christian mm-hmm. what do you think yeah well i was gonna say i think too like you know if you're feeling pressured in that area i think that there are also like external factors that can like influence that mm-hmm. so to speak so like if you're you know scrolling on social media and like you're you're not like doing things like that are bad necessarily but like like externally but like internally you're like you know there's like lust in your heart there's Mm -hmm. these different things and like i feel like you can sometimes take that into a relationship and put this expectation on the other person to where it's like if you cut off these things that can make you um you know lustful or, or can make you feel like you need to do something, then you can put that on the person that you're dating with. So I think that there are things outside of the relationship that you can cut off, that you can limit, that you can try to decrease, yeah. that can that can influence that. Because I know that if I like, you know, if we were dating and I followed people that, you know, or I was scrolling through things that like made me feel a certain way, I feel like I would have a tougher time being... It's like if you're watching pornography... On your private time, and then you're in a relationship trying to keep pure boundaries. Like it's not gonna, yeah. it's not gonna work it's, it's gonna because be tough. what your inside, like what you have been storing inside. And I remember Christian, you had quit watching pornography for a good bit before we started dating, uh-huh. and you were really pursuing the Lord. And I remember you like prayed a lot, like really prayed oh, yeah, a lot for sure. because you were like, okay, obviously tempted because you were in love. And you had a past of like watching things, but you weren't going to go back to that and you weren't going to cross the boundary with me. So that led you to prayer. And I think a lot of people excuse themselves Mm -hmm. um, during that time of like, well, I'm not doing this. so I'll watch this or I'm Mm -hmm. not doing this. But it's not just about sex. That's not what keeps you pure. Like purity is like a heart posture, you know. And so to have a pure heart you gotta pray because mm-hmm. that's sure. something from the Lord. For sure, and and I think one of my mentors even said too, like if 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 you're dating, like all the enemy wants to do is get you to have sex, and then you get married, then this he switches playing fields. Then it's like when you get married, all he wants to do is keep you from having sex. Yeah. So it's like either way, you're always gonna walk through something that is counter to what to what you truly desire so it's to speak, true you know and so like, why think, would the enemy want that because it's a powerful thing that god designed yeah you know it, meant it creates, for two it creates people intimacy to become one. Yeah. yeah so like he's gonna when you're dating the playing field is get you to fall into this temptation then you get married then you're a covenant and then the playing field switches to like keep you from having intimacy so like mm-hmm. there he's very strategic and there's he's there's he's gonna put obstacles he's gonna put things in place but you have to like yeah through prayer through worship through reading through um confession through a community mm-hmm. you know it's it's a fight where it's 
it's a struggle. It's a thing that you go through, but like, mm-hmm. you know, you have to have, you have to persevere. Yeah. And I think that the enemy is very, yeah. very crafty and this always going to be things that you yep. have to combat. And then on this note, they didn't ask this, but this is bonus. This is a bonus question bonus. that I'm going to ask because whenever, you know, we started dating, uh, you see, I'll say this. Whenever I was in other relationships, I would like look through guys that I'm dating, like social media, and I would see they're following girls that like posted some inappropriate stuff. In my opinion, it was too far. And I didn't want my boyfriend to be looking at another girl's body like that. And mm-hmm. so I would ask them to unfollow these people. Um, so they would or whatnot. Well, whenever I started dating you, that was not a problem because you were like following a really small amount of people, but that hadn't always been your story. You know, Mm -hmm. that hadn't always been what your social media looked like. Um, do you think it's a fair thing for a girl to ask a guy to unfollow girls that are not posting appropriate things? And for you as a guy, do you think y'all should take that on your responsibility to go ahead and clean that out? Like, do you think that's actually a real struggle for people if you're if you're following girls on social media? And what do you think, like, you know, the boundary should be for yourself? Yeah, I do think so. I think, I think first there should maybe be um, like a conversation about it because one of the people that could be posting that could be somebody's cousin or something like that. And then it's like, you know, then it's an awkward thing of like, you know, you unfollowed your cousin, then it's like, you know, whatever. But I do think that, you know, I do think that guys should take liberty of like, you know, what you're looking at, it's going to influence, you know, certain things in your life. And if you're following these accounts where people post, you know, inappropriate things or skimpy things or whatever, then that can influence and that can put toxic thoughts into a relationship that you're trying to pursue with purity. So I do think that guys should take it upon themselves to, um, guard your heart. To guard your heart and to unfollow things that need to be unfollowed and, and, and yada, yada, yada. But I do think that that a girl should have the right to like, yeah, I mean, maybe if it's a one month in a dating, that's different. But like if you're yeah. about to be getting engaged and talking about being, talk about marriage, you know, if there are a bunch of yeah people that you follow that are, you know, that you don't really want him following, I do think that you can have a conversation. Yeah. But I think maybe not being like, unfollow this person maybe like why do you follow this person and then yeah. you have a conversation about have it have a conversation yeah like what's your like yeah. why do you follow this person or like what's yeah. your what's your motive here and then from that you have a conversation and that can lead to unfollow or Ashley, that's my cousin or you know something like that i don't know just a thought yeah okay what about movies because we had a situation the other day where okay first of all christian is a movie guy he loves movies he watched like a movie every night in high school and college, yeah college yeah. college and i'm like not a movie person as much i'm very much like guard your heart guard your soul guard your mind so i'm pretty picky with like what i watch that is not that was not something my parents put on me. That was not something I was... That's just something I personally like to do. So Christian will be like, hey, I'm going to see this movie. I just enjoy... I enjoy good cinema. Yeah. And I'll be like, hold on. Let me check parents' guide. Not trying to be his mom or anything, but I'm trying to help Christian guard his heart. But also it's up to him to guard his heart. So sometimes like we have this thing of like, you know, I need to let him make decisions for himself. But then there are other times where I feel like I'm allowed to step in and say, okay, that's too far. You're not going to go see that because that literally has nudity and you don't need to go uh-huh. see another woman's body. But where do you personally, for from a movie guy, like you're a movie guy, but you love the Lord. How do you find that balance in like what you choose to watch? Well, here's the thing. That was just a rare case where that happened. I had seen the trailer and I was like, that looks like a good movie. I'm going to ask your dad if he wants to go see it because he told me he wanted to see it. I hadn't looked at any of the parental <laughs> guide. But I'm very, I mean, I'm very like 
cautious. I'm very sensitive to spiritual things like that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not just, you know, I feel like this person that can watch this and not feel any conviction or any like inkling mm-hmm. in my spirit of like, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be watching this. Mm-hmm. So I very, I am very guarded and very careful with like what I watch, what I take mm-hmm. in, because I do think that for me personally, that can influence sinful things in my life. Exactly. Um, and that's why it's important, you know, because to me, I'm like, I'm not trying to be over here being like a goody two-shoes, like, yeah, no. oh, you need to watch this, you don't need to watch this, don't listen to bad music. Don't. The only reason why I don't watch bad shows or I don't listen to bad music or whatever, and bad as in toxic as far as like, maybe it's sexual, maybe it's lustful, maybe it has a lot of cussing, maybe it has a lot of anger, maybe it has a lot of violence, maybe, because that, like, whatever I put into my heart is what comes out of my heart. So I've noticed, like, if I'm watching something that has bad language, I, like, get more, you know, tempted to let some words fly or if I'm watching something that has a lot of violence or I get super fearful and that triggers anxiety or if I'm watching something that's lustful or whatever it that creates lust and so I if I don't want it in my mind I don't put it in my mind it's not like I'm yeah. like oh I'm trying to be a rule follower there's yeah. no rules it's just that's what it looks like for me to guard my heart yeah. because I don't want the effects of what sin does when it takes root yeah but I will say there's there hasn't been a moment where I'm like you know, I'm going to like try to like sneak this one by you, kind of thing, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it was you like, you would a, never get by. No, it was like an, o- it was like an open, like, I want to see this movie. Because oh, I, yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. the trailer, then you were like, actually, this has a lot of new, like if mm-hmm. I would not go into a theater or go watch a movie knowing that there was going to be a lot of nudity because one, I wouldn't want to see that. And two, I just know me personally, that's not healthy for me. Exactly. Um, but yeah, they would, I wouldn't. Like, cause I think that's, I think that gets to the point of like, if you're in a relationship and like, you're trying to like be sneaky or be like, you know, I'm going to see this movie and then you go see this movie to mm-hmm. like, cut, like conceal something. Then I think that's when that gets dangerous and messy and all those things. That's so true. Good answer. But babe. I do enjoy good cinema. That's right. Ones that don't have nudity. <laughs> all right. Let's see. Um, what do you do when your people in quotes, are toxic people. How do we know when it's time to walk away from a friendship or when it's time to push through the heart and fight for the relationship? It's a great question. I've been in situations like this where, like I mentioned, there are some, like you're going to argue with everyone. Arguing's not bad. Um, So yeah, like there are some relationships that you're going to argue with, you're going to have hard things with, but they're worth the fight. Like they're worth the relationship because you love them, because they draw you closer to Jesus, because you draw them closer, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But there has been relationships in my past where, you know, it was a toxic relationship and it was one that I knew I needed to walk away from. And really that, that I typically know when it's time is when I look at myself and I'm a really unhealthy version of myself or friends around me are saying, Hey, that's not a good relationship. Or whenever I see you with them, I see you way more insecure. I see you hurt. I see you broken. I see all these things. Um, and so, yeah, I think you really have to listen to the spirit on that one. I think you have to listen to your friends, listen to people around you, ask mm-hmm. advice. Like, hey, like, do you think this is a healthy relationship or not to, to friends around you, not to that person? Because, of course, they're not going to be able to give you a wise answer. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's a heart check moment. And yeah. uh, like I said, I've had best friends of mine who we've had some really tough conversations. And yet we're still super close friends and it's fine. All is forgiven in the past. Both of us have messed up, whatever it is. But then I've had other relationships where it just was toxic. And I think I think that word toxic is the difference. Even in the hardest of my relationships with Christian or 
best friends of mine, I would never call it toxic, you know? Yeah. I would say hard or this yeah. is a bad situation, but I never say it's toxic. Yeah. When a relationship is toxic, which means like all of it is bad, it is spoiled, it is rotten, like that's probably the time that you should you should start to step away. Yeah. You just took the words out of my mouth. Well, I was going to say, because it's in the, it's in this, it's in the question, it's you know, toxic, question. like there's a difference between walking through something that's difficult and like having arguments versus something that's toxic. And I think that even the word toxic, like if something is bad and you're trying to convince yourself that it's not bad, that's when it's toxic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so if someone is not being encouraging or uplifting, it's, if it's constantly slander or envy or jealousy or, you know, all these things, and it's just degrading and it's just not healthy then that's when you know it's toxic because if you're trying to convince yourself oh it's not that bad then it's probably it's probably bad so yep i agree okay next question is what boundaries did you set in your dating relationship and this is a really great question honestly we kind of went a different route than just having like if you're talking about physical boundaries, which we can talk about other boundaries too, I guess there's a lot of different boundaries, but physically speaking, um, we didn't say like, we're not going to do this, this and this, and we are going to do this, this and this, like, here's the boundary. Because I do feel like when you have a boundary, like you typically just go to the boundary line, right? Like you teeter that. Yeah. yeah and then you just cross it and then you feel bad as like, all this stuff. And like, we just wanted to not make it such a like, there's a line, but more just like we have a relationship with God and like we're pursuing God and we're pursuing God's plan for our, our life and for our relationship. And God's plan is purity and God's plan is one man, one woman for marriage. And um, mm-hmm. I will say like that wasn't our that wasn't what our past looked like, you know, mm-hmm. but we had an opportunity when we came together for our future like, different than like people that we did in the past. And we both wanted God's plan. We wanted to pursue that. And so together we made a decision, hey, we're going to do that. And um, that looks like purity. And that looks like this. And that was that boundary in the sense of like, you know, just conversations of before I pursue you, I'm going to pursue God. And then mm-hmm. out of that relationship, that's going to, cause me to love you the best yes. that I can. It's gonna make me be more yep. patient with you and more loving and gracious. And, yep. and if I get those two mixed up, then I'll start, you know, putting you on this pedestal that you can't live up to. So I think that's that was true. the boundary that we really talked about a lot. Yeah, so the biggest boundary is definitely like loving God first and then loving each other. And that's still true. Like, mm-hmm. I hope that's always our life, that we love God first and we love each other. And then we love our family and our friends and people, you know? Um, and so, yeah, that was a boundary. And I will say like, I think so many people think like the purity talk like is just like what you say up front. And you're just like, hey, this is what we're gonna do. This is that, this is that. But actually, it's like such a gradual conversation. Like we talked about that so many times and we're like, we pursue God's plan. We want God's plan, you know? Um, We prayed a lot together about that. And I think that was really beneficial and helpful for us that we were constantly in communication communication, about that. The the stronger we had feelings for each other, the more in love we were, the closer we were to marriage. Um, That was just an important conversation. Is there such a thing as the right person, wrong time? Yeah, for real. I mean, think about it. Christian's the right person for me, but had we met when my sister met Christian three years before we met, two years before? Yeah. Mm, Something like that. About two years before we met, it would have been the wrong time. Wrong time. We would not have been ready for each other. But if I met you, then I would have been, (laughs) I would have thought it was the right time. (laughs) That's really sweet. Do you really think you would have? What? 
I, I think, I I mean, you probably would look at me and said, well, he probably needs to mature a lot more, but then I'd been like, yo, I'll get there. <laughs> That's I'm saying silly. it probably would have been a different perspective of capability <laughs> of <laughs> who hey, is this guy. I look at you. You're amazing. Thank you. Um, how do you be a good sister and a friend to a roommate who is constantly driving you crazy? Good question. That is a good question. Um, I feel like you get... Well, I don't know how to be a sister. That's I true. do know how to be a bro. And a friend. And a, Yeah, and a friend. Yeah. Um, my... I'm a pretty confrontational person. So my way might not be the most constructive. Um, I would just bluntly just say you're driving me crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that's, like, the best know, yeah, advice I ever. Really, I don't really get cis, like, girly, like, what's the Well, boys are different. Like, guys could literally be like, hey, bro, you're being annoying. And the guy's like, oh, okay. But, like, if a girl did that, the other girl would cry and be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. That's so, like, awkward. I can't believe you said that to me. So, yeah, probably don't do that. Um, but if you are getting annoyed with the person, again, I would say confront them, talk to them. Um, you know, maybe you're annoyed because they don't pick up. We'll say, hey, like, it would really mean a lot to me if you would pick up after yourself. Um, or maybe you're annoyed because they come home super late hey like i know that you live your life and i love mine but it would really mean a lot to me if you let me know when you're coming home mm-hmm. so i don't have to stay up with the door like whatever it is yeah. like well, it's even like that last question just being honest yeah. just being you just honest. have to be honest and yeah. again like kind is clear um i don't know where that mm-hmm. came from clear is kind kind is clear but my friend has a t-shirt that says that so mm-hmm. that's why i always say that but anyways um well it's even like because if you just let those things fester and you're not honest, then you're gonna get more. You're annoying. gonna just blow up, and then that's not good for anybody. Yep. So I think True. those are the things. Not constructive, and you'll help them become a roommate for someone else or a future spouse. Like, or a future spouse. I'm yeah. glad for the times that my roommate said something to me that was, um, you know, good for me to hear because I think I'm a better wife for it. There you go. That's right. Um, like one thing, it's funny. Um, whenever I live with some girls in Nashville, we're like my best friends ever. None of them ever took the lint out of the dryer. And I was like, why do you not take the lint out of the dryer? And none of them even knew you were supposed to do that. So that's just funny. But, like, I was, like, getting kind of, like, annoyed because it kept building up. But, like, they didn't even know you were supposed to do it. So that's as soon as I told them, I was like, bad. oh, which, yeah, okay. I don't know why they didn't know that, but it was kind of funny. That's just bad. But, like, again, you don't know where someone's coming from, so you should just say it. How do you handle conflict in relationships? Be honest. <laughs> All the things, be honest. Yep. And just, I would say, my friend has this like a 24 hour rule, like, don't let it go 24 hours without saying it. Mm -hmm. And I think that is important. Like, if I need to address something with Christian, like, I should not wait until two days from now to address it. It doesn't matter if you're tired. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're tired or busy. Like, you you say it. Because there have been times where when am I supposed to say something? And it's like, why didn't you tell me that two days ago? Or three weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah. What was the thing the other day? You were like, Actually, this kind of upset me. And I was like, that was like two months ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah, if things upset you at the moment, just talk about it. That's so don't, true. don't wait. And then you hear some keywords. Like, actually, yeah, that actually really upset me. It's like, I, well, in my mind, I'm like, no in my mind, though, I'm like, oh, I'll get over it. But no it's, you really should about. just say it, even if it's small. Because then, yeah, two months go by and he says something. I'm like, speaking of that, I. Actually, Speaking yeah. of that, yeah. I'm not proud of that. Uh, that's why I said that. This can get better. Mm-hmm. And that's <laughs> humble, and I really appreciate that. Thank Sadie you. is the most humble person. Are you serious? 
Yeah, I'm not joking. I knew, I knew you were joking, but it sounded sarcastic. No, I was being serious. You're the most humble person. That's so sweet. Thank you. You've said that before, and that always means a lot. That's so sweet. You're so humble, too. Thank you. Um, I think humility is one of, like, the things that in our life that everyone, like, should definitely pay more attention to. Like, I think, you know, a lot of people read the Bible and, like, see all these other attributes. Like, we need to be joyful. We need to have peace. We need to be confident. But, like, I think being humble is, like really at the root of a lot of things oh, sure. um, humble and contrite heart yeah like to be humble ourselves to exalt the god and to humble ourselves and not be prideful to learn and to become better like i think it's really essential to becoming new a new creation mm-hmm. um so thanks for saying that. that's the highest compliment you could give me so let's see what would you tell your younger self who felt like they were never going to find the right one for them i would tell my younger self to chill girl just chill. Like, I was just so obsessed with, like, who is going to be my husband, which is, like, a sweet thing to think about um, because I think most of us have a desire to get married, and it's fun to think about, like, who God created that's going to be your person. But thinking about it from the context of God has created someone, you know, that is going to be uh, my husband and be a part of my story one day. I just need to, like, relax and know that if he created that and he has that for me then it's going to come at the perfect timing and and you did you know and um i just wish i would have enjoyed the seasons i was in a little bit more like enjoyed my singleness enjoyed my friends and not stress so much about what was to come because what was to come was such a great plan that so far exceeded all my expectations or what I could have even put in motion. So I just wish I would have really been a little bit more focused in where I was at than where I was going. Yeah, I mean, I like how you said the chill. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was a big rom-com fan growing up. <laughs> so I just kind of feel like I just always thought that it would just happen somehow, some way. Um, so I feel like I never really stressed about it too much. And it did. And it, wait, what? Yeah, it did. Yeah, we're living a little rom-com. But you never thought you would get married young, so you didn't really think about that. I didn't, yeah. Well, I thought I, was, I thought I would go to college, and I would get out of college, and I would start working, and then some... Bada-boom, bada-bing. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Somebody would cross my path. Yeah. Like, love at first sight kind of thing. And we, we did happen. Kind love, of. Love at first sight. When you saw me, were you just so in love? I did. I was, yes. I'm so glad to know. All right, next question. One person sent in a DM about modesty, and she wrote, I feel this pressure to show more skin so people think that I am pretty or dress cute. There is a pressure from our culture to wear less and show more. I want to know how you balance dressing cute but staying modest, and also why is modesty so important to talk about in Christian culture? Great question. Um, Certainly is a culture that we're in right now to show a little less, wear a little less, show a little more, I guess. Um... Yeah, I guess wear less, show more. And yeah, that is hard because you look around and it's hard whenever. I remember in high school feeling like this. It's like because all the guys seem to like the girls that don't wear anything, you're like, well, if I'm covered up and they're never going to notice me and they're never going to like me and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, the right guy and the right people are actually going to treasure you for the purity that you have and treasure you for the modesty that you have. And Christians actually probably more strict than I am on what I wear in the sense of just respecting me for who I am. I all put on something and I think it looks fine. And he's like, hey, babe, like, you know, just I just don't think that that's a good like I just think it shows too much. And I'm actually so appreciative of that because he's not wanting me to go show my body to the world because that's that's between us. You know, Um, that's a respect thing that he has for me and for our marriage. 
And I'm really grateful because I also don't want to go out looking some type of way that is attracting people for the wrong reasons. And I think modesty ultimately comes down to a respect. I think one, it's a respect for yourself and two, it's a respect for others around you. Um, Like for me personally, when I go to the gym, I go to an all girls gym. So I wear whatever I want. But if I ever go to a gym that guys work out in, I'm pretty careful about what I wear because I want to respect the guys around me as well. And I don't want them to be looking at me a certain way. And I want to respect myself. And I don't really want guys to be looking at me that way um, because I am secure in who I am. And I'm secure in my husband who loves me as I am. Mm -hmm. And I used to would have been insecure about that and felt like, oh, well, if I'm going to the gym with Christian and another girl is wearing her spandex shorts and her sports bra and I'm wearing, you know, loose shorts and a baggy t-shirt, then like he's going to know it's her and not me. And I don't feel that way at all anymore. I actually feel like my husband loves me and respects me for me being confident and not having to show off my whole body um, in order for me to feel loved and appreciated. Mm -hmm. And so I think, honestly, modesty is a it's a place in your heart that you have to find contentment with, with the Lord before you find it from any other man or, or even maybe even yourself. You have to find it with the Lord and know that like God made you like beautiful and he made you wonderful and he made you, um, for, for you to steward and treasure Mm -hmm. like your body is a temple and you can let your husband into that picture, you know, but that's a sacred, that's a sacred thing. And so have respect for that sacred thing. And it is such a wonderful, thing to just hold that purity and hold that mm-hmm. hold that sacred and so yeah just respect yourself find it with the lord if you're not competing with other girls you will probably feel a lot more inclined to dress however you really feel comfortable and not dress how you want to be seen um compared to the girl beside you at mm-hmm. the gym yeah i mean I, I, it's all about you know attention it's like am i going to wear this with the hopes that i'll attract somebody or yeah. because because at, at the same time there's also like a naiveness to like girls not thinking that they're dressing scandalous or whatever and it's like it's kind of obvious like it you you would think it would be um yeah and, and the, i think we also live in a culture where women dress like that and then wonder why guys hit on them and why guys are lusting after them and it's like well because that's what you're putting out you know yeah. so there's always those those things and i think we do live in a culture where guys are prone to that you know and um I think you have to respect like your own convictions too and just follow that because I mean I wear bikinis at the beach and some people would say that's not modest but to me I feel like I'm covered in the parts I want to be covered with and I'm respecting myself the way I want to respect myself and I think as a Christian culture the reason why it's hard to talk about modesty is because people want to automatically attack and it's like well you wear bikinis or you wear short shorts or you wear tight whatever and it's like or leggings whatever and it's like well, that's not really helpful. You know, you just be responsible for you. And if you feel like you're dressing a certain way to get something from someone or get certain attention or you want somebody to notice a part of you that's a little bit bigger, a little bit juicier, then maybe consider that why do you want that attention? Where do, where does that come from in your heart? What place in your heart is so discontent with who you are, with the affirmation that you have, that you need to go find that in some way that's showing off your body? You know, you got to find that with the Lord, that you're made more than enough. And you don't have to go flaunt your body to be more than enough. Period. Okay, next question. That gets me fired up. That's good. It gets me fired up because I hate that girls feel like they have to do that. And I just remember in high school feeling like that. I just Mm -hmm. remember feeling like I have to show more 
or the guys won't notice me, they'll notice all the other girls. And I did. And I hate that because I'm like, mm-hmm. that's just like, that's just like making me seem like I'm only worth attention if I show certain parts of my body when I'm so much more than that, mm-hmm. you know? So girls, just give yourself more credit than that. You're so much more than that. Mm-hmm. And the guys are not just going to notice you because you're, you know, blessed in certain areas. They're going to mm-hmm. notice you because you're a blessing to other people. Yeah. And that's the kind of woman that you want to be. That's the kind of woman that's going to be a good wife, that's going to be a good mom, that's going to be a good friend, that's going to be a good mother. You're the kind of you're the kind of woman that's going to change the world, you mm-hmm. know, and just know that it's so much more than your yeah. body. How do you get over a person that made you believe they liked you and then ghosted you? Would it be wise to wait on them or move on? I don't know how long to wait or what to say. Move on, girl. My boo said move on. Gotta move on. Well, you know, it kind of goes back to respect. You know, you're, you are worth more than that, too. You're worth more than someone just ghosting you. They better have a pretty dang good reason when they get back from their little ghosthood. And well, I said that because most most ghostings I've seen, it's a manipulation. Yeah. And if, 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 if the guy's working off... On, on the rigs in Louisiana or something, and he yeah, doesn't have his phone. That's what I'm saying. That, there are certain whatever. reasons. Yeah, or if yeah, his parents slammed his phone and it broke or whatever, if he got in trouble. I don't know. Just a hypothetical. That's different. But a lot of times ghosting, I feel like it's linked with this manipulation, this draw of like yeah, reach back out or like mm-hmm. keep you on the hook kind of thing and you don't want to end up with the person like that. want to play games. You know, like it's, we're here, if we're, if we're going to date... You know, and we're considering one day you could be the one for me. Don't play games with me. You know, just respect yourself in such a way that you're not just going to wait for this guy to come back every so-and-so months. Mm-hmm. I remember a friend of mine walked through this, and this guy would text her literally like once every three weeks, and she would just hang on to that. And, I mean, she would talk about it and mm-hmm. then would, would look into it. And does this mean this? And does this mean this? And does this mean this? And literally, this went on for so long. And it was like, what does this mean? Who could this be? What is it going to be? And it was just like, and then she would go, get ghosted and all that stuff. And, and one time, in the midst of one of the ghosting periods, we look at Instagram and the dude gets engaged and we're like, what? And we're like, she was so crushed because she's just been thinking like she's hanging on to that next text. And so, you know, you don't want to get in this position where someone's like kind of keeping you on the hook just as like a plan B because, you know, like someone's going to come in and they're going to treasure you so much that it should be, you know, there shouldn't be a doubt in your mind that that person's going to reach out to you the next day because they care about you and because they respect you. Mm-hmm. And Christian did such a great job of that when he pursued me. It's never a question of, am I going to hear from him? I always knew I was going to hear from it. And so, you know, you just don't want to be stuck in that game. What would you define as ghosting, though? Well, I mean, there are some ghosting where it's like they just like literally don't ever text you back, yeah. you know? But then well, there Because are... I mean, like, I wouldn't think you ghosted me if we had texted and you didn't text me for like a day or something like no, that. No, no, no. But I, th- I think it's would, like a periodical. This was like weeks. Yeah. Like this would be like a month would go by and then he would mm-hmm. send another text. Yeah. And it was like, and then she'd re- like text him all night and then he wouldn't respond for like weeks mm-hmm. and then it'd happen again. Or like he'd yeah. call her and okay. then it'd be like weeks again. And it was just like always kind of keeping her on the line and then like he literally got engaged. Mm-hmm. So like you don't want to be in that position. No. Because that just sinks. You don't want to be the girl on the other end of that situation. Either. You don't want to be anybody in that position. 
Well, anyways, y'all, these are great questions. I love doing this because I just feel like these are such great questions and start such good conversations. And I hope that these conversations are not just between Christian and I and you and your car. I hope that these conversations extend to conversations with your own friends, with your own family members, with your own boyfriend or spouse. Hopefully it can just be a voice of truth in your life. Like I said, if something doesn't align with what you believe is true, throw it out the window. But if it aligns with the word of God and aligns with your heart, then I, I hope that you know you can take some of this truth and take it into your life and i hope it can give you some well that's good advice we love you guys well that's good wisdom have a great wednesday and a great week go do something good with your life